We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale. Thanks to the magic of Blue Wire Studios and, of course, producer Cole Bebe, we are able to do this show with the old man in studio and me in New York still after the Teofimo versus George Cambosis fight that happened here just the other day. So we'll be recapping everything in boxing for this show if you don't know, I've been living under a rock. It was a major upset in boxing, so we'll get to talk about that. Another great fight that happened in Vegas that the old man went to, so that'll be cool. We kind of get both perspectives on the two boxing matches. We'll also preview the upcoming fight with Devin Haney that's in Vegas this weekend and talk a little bit about Tank Davis as well, who is fighting in L.A. That's, well, Sunday. Haney's on Saturday, so... Tons of boxing to end out the year. This is going to be a fun one. Dre, to start off the show, I got to tell you, you were kind of right. I was right. I, I don't even know kinda, what it is. I don't even know what it is. Right. But I'm right. What is it? Kind, kind of right. It's brick cold here in New York. And I was walking to Madison Square Garden from my hotel. And I passed this gigantic H&M. I looked in the window and I almost caved. I almost had to buy a coat because it was brick-ass cold, and I only had a hoodie on. And I was like, I was looking, and I was like, damn it, I don't need a coat. It was like 27 degrees. I was like, I'm good. I, I was going to buy gloves and a pair of earmuffs. But I didn't. I was like, you know what? I'll just brave, brave through the temperatures, put my hands in my hoodie, and thugged it out, walked it to MSG, and I was good. But yeah, it was it was brick ass cold the night of the fight out here. Please help me understand why you're so coat adverse. What's what's wrong with buying a coat? I feel like it's a waste of money because I wouldn't use it enough. You're gonna use it's 27 degrees. You want to die? Pneumonia? No. <laughs> no, I don't want pneumonia. Nah, I'm good. You want to be I'll like Diego Sanchez? I mean, he's got COVID, but you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> 27 days pneumonia. Nah. Um, it's just I would use it just for these trips. Exactly. Like, you don't need a coat in Vegas. You don't necessarily. No, you could get you a light jacket. I mean, 
why would you buy gloves and earmuffs and not a coat? That's like backwards. That's like buying Timberlands like and no socks. Cheaper. Like why would you buy Timberlands <laughs> with no socks? I don't set me up for a problematic joke. I almost I almost let it roll oh, off my no. tongue. No, yeah. I'm not wearing Timberlands and no socks. Um that's ludicrous and only done by a certain sect of of people in New York City. No, I'm not wearing Timberlands and no socks. I feel like gloves and earmuffs are just a lot cheaper. So, and easier to pack. Like now that I'm traveling, I don't check a bag. I only have a carry-on. I'm like Big E. So with the carry-on, a full coat takes up the whole joint. I can't even bring it if I wanted to. Oh, my God. I don't know why. I wear the coat on the flight? Nah, look. You go to New York. It's cold outside. Check a bag. You ain't paying for it. Work at ESPN. Expense it. Check a bag. I could expense it. Yeah, that just seems like a lot. Then I got to wait. At the carousel, for the bag to come off the carousel, it's a lot. That's an extra 30 minutes of the trip. What you got? Just waiting for the bag. Where are you going? I really got nothing to do. You ain't got nothing to do. (laughs) Stop playing. Get you a coat. And, man, I don't understand. It's cold. 27 degrees. They ain't even New York at its coldest. Like, I lived in New York for that year. I'm back out here in two weeks. Yeah. What are you back It's going to be all bad. What's in two weeks? Lomachenko. Oh, yeah, you can have that. No, I'm all right. Wait, Lomachenko's <laughs> You're the same... such an old man now. You don't want to travel. Wait, wait, Lomachenko's what, the December 11th? Same night as UFC. Oh, so I'll be at UFC, yeah. You can have that brick weather. You're yeah, it, it's weird because our MMA person, um, shout out to Tessa, is flying from Chicago to Vegas to cover UFC, and I'm flying from Vegas to New York to cover boxing. And people were like, wouldn't you guys just switch? And I was like, nah, like, I'll take the trip to New York. Why not? But, yeah, I didn't I didn't think that through weather-wise. No, clearly. Because last year, <laughs> the last two years living in Connecticut, I was good. Didn't need a jacket. I, I had. I had a flight jacket. So it was like a pretty good jacket. And I'd lost it my first event covering a fight at MSG for ESPN. I left it in MSG on the back of my seat. So I had a coat. Left it, never replaced the coat. And made it through two winters, winter and a half in Connecticut with no coat. So I was like, yo, I'm good. But I have my car out here. I would drive down. It was a whole different thing. Now I'm walking in the city or catching a train. And I was like, yo, it's kind of brick cold. Yeah, well. So I, I almost caved. In December, I made cave. You have a very nice looking hill figure sweater on right now. Yeah. Your your winter wardrobe is still on the up and up. Oh yeah, I mean I buy I, you know, Black Friday just happened. I don't even want to talk about how much money I spent. <laughs> I, but yeah, I, I for I, what you have everything. I want more. Why well, stop now? Okay, it's Black Friday. I, I got a I got a bad habit of if something is like discounted, I gotta buy it. Just because, in fact, like Black Friday, I went to the Polo store, I ransacked that hoe. I went to Lacoste, <laughs> bought everything. Bought my, my daughter's stuff, bought me a new TV. Black Friday made me clean up. But, yes, you know, I'm not even going anywhere. Look at this. I have, we have Haney Diaz here in Vegas. And then the 11th, we got UFC. I'm here. And then the 18th, I'm going to Tampa. I don't need anything out there. 
And then we don't need nothing for Tampa. Nah, then it's then it's Christmas. I, I think I'm going might be going to Utah. So I probably I definitely need something for that because it's cold. But other than that, but I still, you know, sweaters. Like, what it's like 71 degrees out here in Vegas today. Slipping. 71 degrees. I miss it. This has been the longest trip I feel like ever. I've been here for four days. It feels like four weeks. Yeah, because of Thanksgiving, visiting with family, going around, and then coming back and doing fight week stuff feels like forever. And then at night, everyone wanted to get together. So like that's when like all the networking kind of happens between people. So I went out with uh, the folks at the Zone. At the Zone, they were very nice. Who did you who, met who everyone it? there? Oh man, uh, there was a, a ton of people. You put me on the spot, but the like person in charge of credentials was there, which is really dope because they are the hardest people to get in touch with. So I was like, um, I was like, oh, perfect. That was the match from dude actually from the UK. Who lever? And I was like, yo, he was like, Anthony yeah, Lever? I, I Anthony, joke with him because yeah. he looks like um, um he looks like uh God, he's gonna kill me when I say this. He looks like the Hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. I mean, he did it to himself. He said it and then I was just like, Yeah, you're right. You do look like you straight out of Yeah, you look like the Hobbit. Yeah. Yeah, Anthony was there. Um man, the the entire like crew from Matchroom. Matchroom people are like the best to drink with. Yes. And I told him, I was like, yo, I cannot wait to have a fight in the UK. Because oh, I got a drink with y'all over there. No, you don't. <laughs> it's all bad. <laughs> nope. Those, those it was, guys. It was, it was bad here in New York. Yeah, it I mean. bad here in New York. We, we Yeah, we had a, when I was at the zone, we had a rough coming out of events. And the UK guys were like, let's get a pint. And I'm like, all right, let's go get a pint. And then it turns to like 12 pints. And then before you know it, it's like 3 in the morning. And you're like, street meat. And you don't want to do that. Street meat is bad for your health. That's oh. exactly how it, it played out. Shout out to Corey Erdman, oh, Reverse Rat Pack. I was also with Corey. So between the UK match from people and Corey, we can understand that it was a very good night. So, but yeah, that's how they got me and Corey. Me and Corey are chilling, listening to hip hop in his hotel room. And then they were like, come have a pint. And they're like, all right, cool. Incredible. And then there was no pints. No one was drinking beer. No one at all. They, those people are crazy. They drink Guinness. Yes. Or, so some people had Guinness. They had Guinness or hard liquor. There was nothing in between. That sounds about right. And then at at 3 a.m., I had to walk eight blocks back up to my hotel. I was like, yeah, who needs an Uber? Yeah, I was like, figure it out. Um, So I made it back. And what I was thinking was, I did that and then went out one of the other nights. Um, just a bar like around the area. And I was like, I do not know how BET Dre used to do this every night. Every night. Because oh, it makes me sleep in. Maybe it's the West Coast like time difference too. I wanted to sleep in until 12 every day. And I was like, yo, I got stuff to do. It was it was too much. I was like, I can do this max three days. And then I'm I'm done. Like, I don't know how you did it every single day with low, just running around the city until 4 a.m. Yeah, that's why I don't go out anymore. Like, that was it. That that burnt me out. That New York spell, it was cold. It would be snowing. Rock Nation party, I'm there. Go to work the next morning. I'd be up, go to work, leave the office, go to a listening party, go to an event, drink a lot. Drinking kept me warm, uh, very warm. Free open bars everywhere I went. I never, I don't think I paid for liquor for a year. So I went, yeah, for an entire year. I don't think I bought a single drink. 
in New York. I'm, wow. I'm going to have to text low. I'm pretty sure about that. 365, I, I was at BT <laughs> for 363 days, and I never bought a, a drink. Never. And I was out five nights a week. And I was drunk every night. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> like, it's it's one of those things where after doing this for three days, I was like, all right, I've come to my latest hot take. I don't think it's really that big of a hot take, but it's my latest hot take. And me being from New York, it is spicy. Oh, God. Here we go. Vegas is a better city than New York after midnight. Oh, that's not. Hands down. That's not a hot take. This stuff, stuff is open in Vegas. Oh, it's super spicy. No, because New York is open here. No, it's not the same. Look, Vegas, you can go almost anywhere, and you can go indoors. You can be on the strip. You can do whatever you want. Like Vegas is party life. New York, things they still shut down after a good midnight. Like yo, and then on top of that, especially at a fight, you don't leave the fight till a good three in the morning. Ain't nothing to do, and it's cold. That's the worst part. Yeah, like people found like a piano bar after the fight. I was like, I'm going home. Because it's like 1.30. I'm going back to the hotel. Yeah. Nah, like, I'm not starting my night at 1.30 a.m. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. And um, for it to close at 4. Like, if it's Vegas, it's different. Vegas, stuff is open until 6. You get Dre's after hours. You can legit party a full 8 hours if you want to, starting at 1 a.m. Yeah, I'm too washed Over for here, all that. it's like, nah. Yeah, nah. It's a, I'm too washed for all that. Yeah. Like, I was like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm, I'm good. Like, there's nothing appealing to that. And then it's brick-ass cold. In Vegas, end of my night, I'm comfortable. Yeah. I'm warm. I don't got to walk nowhere. I get, like, there's Ubers everywhere. Here, I was like, man, I got to walk or I got to catch the train if I want to. Someone mentioned, like, oh, I know the great place is on, like, 59th and 8th. I was like, y'all really catching a train? Yes, that's what people do. Like off hours? No, I was like, nah, y'all are bugging. So the funny part is like, we're, we're talking we're talking about it. this, and you know, like sixty mm, percent of our listeners are like, I have no idea what you're talking about. They've never been to New York. They don't have a clue. They don't care about any of this. Really? I think everyone's been to New York at nope. this point. Nope, nope. There are a bunch of people who have not been to New York. You'll be surprised. Like in their life? Yeah. That's so, that's so weird to me. Nah, New York is like the best city on earth. You just said that Vegas. I can people. Okay. After midnight. After midnight. But during the day, there's not like Empire State Building is right next to me. Went to that. There's Grace Papayas everywhere. Like you get the best hot dog, the best pizza on earth. There's pizza on every corner. The bodegas are, you go get a sandwich and a drink. Stuff is dirt cheap if you want it to be. Like the other day, I was just aimlessly working, and I think it was weigh-in day. Maybe I spent $18 all day on food. Maybe. Yeah. Because it was just quick. Give me uh, bacon, egg, and cheese from the bodega. Then after that, two slices, one with pepperoni. And uh, and like I think I got ginger ale, and that was it. That's all I ate all day. Easy. Yeah, nobody cares. You don't even notice it. You spend 14 bucks. Yeah. No, it's a damn listen. shame. People, people, if you've not been to New York, you got to do this. Like, it, really, what are you waiting for? You don't need a passport. The city's not that expensive. You stay in Harlem. You stay city, in Queens. The Queens city is, nice is expensive. Don't lie to these people. New York is expensive. You can stay in Queens. Who the hell wants to do that? If I come to New York, I'm staying in the city. 
There is no reason you to bougie. ever. Listen. You damn right. I'm not staying in one of the, the four, five boroughs and I got to take a bunch of trains to get to the city because that's where all the action's at. I'm only staying in the city. Yeah. It's expensive. New York is wild expensive. It costs to breathe in New York. It's ridiculous. Listen, okay. I, I'm somewhat privileged because I'm not paying for my hotel room. So, no. fair. But I do know if you want to get the Airbnb, get that in Queens, get that in Harlem. Take the train down. You'll be all right. If you got an Uber home at night, it's like 30 bucks. It's not wild, wild expensive. It's as expensive as you want to make it. And it's not ex- exp- like expensive enough to never go in your life. Like, I've, I've never been overseas. I have to correct that. Yes, you have to fix But I know I'm late on that. Like, I've never been to England, never been to France. I had, like, a thing about traveling places for a while. But now I'm like, okay, you know what I got to do? I want to go to Japan, from New Japan. Got to do that. There's things I know I got to correct. I'm a grown man. But still, people in the United States not going to New York, ridiculous. Best city on earth. You guys got to travel a little bit more. Okay, so- Outside of that, the only, <laughs> only other thing I did was Thanksgiving with the fam. How would your Thanksgiving turn out? Because we talked about like previewing Thanksgiving. How was your Thanksgiving? Like, Did it go to plan? Everything was good, smooth and easy? Yeah, the uh, I ordered that pumpkin praline cheesecake, and they, they burnt it. I was pissed. I've never been Ooh. so mad at a cheesecake in my life. I was really unhappy. Uh, other than that, Thanksgiving was fine. It's, it's the one I tweeted about. It's the one holiday that I equate to liquor, where you go really hard, and you wake up the next morning in pain, talking about I, ain't gonna, I can't go that hard again. I ate so much food. I'm going on a diet. I ate too much. I had, I had smoked turkey. Mac and cheese. My wife likes green beans, but whatever. Some greens, yams. Yeah. Thanksgiving was dope. Watched a lot of football. Who did the mac and cheese? Uh, we did got she it. end up cooking nah, the mac and cheese? My wife didn't do anything. She was too pregnant to make a move. <laughs> okay, so, good. Yeah, we got it from the spot <laughs> called John Moe's. Family came over. Family came over and everybody like brought a dish. So I got a refrigerator full of food and I decided I'm going on a diet. So there's that. that food Don't food. lie to the people. Don't. What? Don't lie to people. Big Mac told them already on our live stream during Survivor Series how you get down. Andreas does not do leftovers. I, at I, all. I do a case. And he's he's always the host. I do. Sir, you won't eat nothing past one day. Yeah, I will. I'm gonna eat some turkey tomorrow. But yeah, I did, you know, ate out today. So it is what it is. I went to I went <laughs> I went Black Friday shopping. I went to Shake Shack. I was my wife was like, You gonna come and eat these leftovers? I'm like, no, I'm gonna have a Shake Shack burger. That's it. So for no reason, you got a fridge full of food. Shay Shack. Shay Shack's delicious. <laughs> it is. Anytime That's our year. go-to spot on fight night. Yeah. But still, it's, it's ridiculous that you order food or go out and get food days after having a ton of food at your crib. Because I don't want that shit over, again. I just had why, it. Why I want to eat it again? That's why I never feel bad. When I leave your crib, every time, I take like five plates. Take People them. are like, yo, what are you? I'm making plates. Mad plates. He ain't going to eat this. Yeah. Mad plates. With no shame. I don't yeah. even want to see that <laughs> like, shit. When I'm, I'm done go- eating it, when I'm done eating it, I don't want to see it. It's in my refrigerator, <laughs> and I'm like, I need something else. So, no. Thanksgiving was good, man. Thanks- Thanksgiving was it was probably the most relaxed Thanksgiving because I didn't have to run all over the place. I probably went to Whole Foods in the morning to pick up some stuff, and I ate and watched football. It was some bad football that day, too. Except for the, oh, the Cowboys-Raiders game was good, but boy. 
They need to stop allowing the Lions oh. to play on Thanksgiving. They got to cut that out. We got to petition somebody. somebody. Detroit listeners, hey, I'm sorry. Back. Detroit listeners, I know oh. y'all like, yo, this is, no, y'all suck. Y'all have been trashed for so many years, and every year on Thanksgiving, I got to wake up and watch your bum-ass Lions play. And for what? Y'all ain't got Barry Sanders no more. That's the only reason I used to watch y'all play. Megatron's <laughs> gone. I don't want to watch the Lions play on Thanksgiving. That's misery. Lions in the bed. Police is at 10 a.m. I was on the East Coast this time, and it was at 1. So it took up my entire, like, day, like my cooking time. It was atrocious. But that makes me think about this. It was a super relaxing Thanksgiving for me. Like, being out here, I went to a family's crib. It was, like, maybe eight of us, nine of us. And it's so much easier without the hustle and bustle of a million people yeah. on Thanksgiving. Like, it was chill, football, like you said, a couple drinks, hanging out. Saw some fam I, I didn't see in, man, since my wedding. So it was like, it was just a nice, relaxing time. I don't know if I want to go back to, like, 50 people Thanksgivings. No, I don't. I'm good. I think, I think it might be too much. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I don't want to see anybody. Thanksgiving. The less, the less, the merrier. Like, my sister-in-law had a date. Like she had a boyfriend, and she was like, oh, I might stop by. I was like, that's okay. Go do whatever you want to do. See you later. I didn't see my brother-in-law. Like, I, less, less family members, the better. Thanksgiving, to me, is a day where I don't want to do anything at all. And that's what I did. I didn't do anything. I do ate. you put up your tree on Thanksgiving? Hell like no. The day after? Like, no, it, that, th- that, tree, okay. that tree ain't going to be up. I don't know. My daughter's asking about it now. That tree ain't going to be up for eh, maybe a week or two. But I am that guy. That okay. Christmas tree will be up all through January. You'll see my goddamn Christmas tree up <laughs> all, all through January. Up no. until February, you'll see that Christmas tree up. I promise. You can't do it. So you don't get a real tree then? Hell no. that tree will be bald yeah. by January. Real Christmas trees are dumb to me. Oh, I always get a real tree. Yeah, it makes it, it smells nice. Yeah, whatever. They I got shed. I go to Bath and Body Works to get you a, a Christmas tree scent. That's all I need. Bath and Body Works Christmas tree <laughs> scent, fake tree. I don't need that shedding ass tree in my house with all the, the prickly pines <laughs> falling everywhere. I don't need all that. Just give me just give me a fake ass tree. I'll decorate it, make it look real nice, make the house smell nice. That's it. Turn on my lights. Oh my God. Your living room's too big for a fake tree now. No, I got a nice size. Like, I don't tree. even think they. I dress it up with oh, gifts. Oh, you just put it back in a box every year? Yes. Oh, so you've had the same fake tree. Well, You're no, I bought guy. a new one last year. I bought a new fake tree last year, and then I just dress it up with gifts. And that's, that's Christmas. <laughs> some stockings and some <laughs> lights, right. and that's Christmas. That's it. Well, at least you don't do it like the day after Thanksgiving. I don't know how people do that. I'm too full for that. It's like, come on. I, yeah, I don't even get a tree anymore. My kids are grown. What do we need a tree for? I put a couple stockings up. And give them money. Give them cash. This is the good old days of parenting. Like, what? You want gifts? Here, buy them yourself. Just start counting cash. Yeah, like, I'm Mayweather in here. <laughs> yeah, nah, I ain't doing tree. But I saw a ton of people do that. I was like, man, seems exhausting. With that being said, that was kind of my week around Thanksgiving. Everything else was focused on boxing. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we got to talk about Teofimo Lopez versus George Cambosis. The fight this boxing weekend, and lo and behold, we were both wrong. So we got to talk about that and what's next for both fighters. So you guys don't go anywhere. It's time to get into combat sports right after this. 
Hey everyone, it's Lindsay Rhodes, and I've got a new podcast, The NFL Road Show. Fun and kind of nerdy conversation about the NFL every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I've got some amazing guests that are joining me. I'll be breaking the huddle with the top stories, previewing games. We'll get you set for the weekend fantasy with our Fantasy Friday episodes, and we'll answer some of your questions as well. So subscribe to the NFL Roadshow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. everybody we are back shout out to producer cole who offered to lend me his coat for my next trip to new york i'm pretty sure he wears a size medium but it's the thought that counts he wants to make sure that i am nice and warm for my travels to new york city i appreciate that um i will get a coat when dc sponsors this podcast and I'm able to get it for free. That's and you guys it. will That'll catch the, me listen, with a DC no, coat. This will be the end of the corner. Like, don't do that. <laughs> It'll be. The, it I'll won't be the corner. DC for the both of us. Even if you don't want to wear DCs, I will take all of the merch, do all of the plugs, and I'll wear nothing but DC. I will sabotage like, this podcast. DC everything. I will absolutely sabotage this podcast. <laughs> I will 4chan hack this DCs podcast. On the table. Rap. Ain't nope. <laughs> it will not be no. Uh, absolutely not. No. Cancel culture. Yeah, Andres is gonna successfully we, cancel. No adult <laughs> wears. Finally. We do this every. I feel like we do this every show. No adult wears DCs, but you. You're the only man that I know. That might be fair. And you and you like it. Yeah, they're comfy. They're not comfy. You're lying. I got them over here somewhere. Hold on one second. No, no, no I know don't do that. Can't see this. Listen. It doesn't matter. Look how, oh, I look got at them that. on the screen, no. baby. Listen, there are people in like Black third world. DCs. Listen, there are people in third world countries that walk around barefoot and be like, "Ah, oh, this is comfortable." Then they put on a pair of Air Maxes and be like, "Oh, this is incredible." You are like a barefoot third world country motherfucker who just won't wear <laughs> nice shoes. Like, what's wrong with you? There's a difference. Like, wear some Air Max; it'll change your life. Have you? Have I have you, a pair of Air Max. What? I have one. They're like highlighter green or some shit. And gray. I don't care what color they are. So, like, about they the don't comfort. match with anything. Uh, oh, they're okay. Like, they're cool. No, DCs they're are not, not. Dude, you're just. Uncomfortable. You're just wearing, like, boats. You're, like, wearing, like, Tonka trucks on your feet. That's not comfortable. They got big feet. What do you want? The size 12 and a half. They're comfy. They're nice and light. Feet aren't that big. Gives me uh, maneuverability. Maneuverability? Yeah, like, 12 and a half in Jordans are, like, the worst. Because, like, how do you, you know? You wear them, it feels like you're just walking on the ground. How do you know? I've tried them on in store. I've, I've almost bought Jordan several times in my life. You still try? I put shoes? them on, I walk, and I'm like, yo, this is wait, why. hold on. Yeah, you, I don't buy sneakers do you, online. Do you go to the store and they get like the little metal thing and they, they, they like <laughs> check the size no, of your foot? I know my <laughs> shoe size. <laughs> and then you like walk around but, the store, like, and then you stand in front of the mirror and be like, hmm. Is that, is that what you do? Yeah, the tiny mirror. Yeah, no, you I don't put them on. I don't try on anything. I know what I size you I buy sneakers with. online. No, I can't do it. Because some stuff fits my feet weird, and then next to you know, it's too small on my foot. Next thing you and know, it's not a you're surprise. A half, you don't know. You don't know if you're 13 or some things or 12 and some things. Like, it gets, it gets very weird. So yes. I got to go and put the sneaker on. Your excuses are the worst. To wear DCs. Not, All this to wear DCs. Two things. All this to wear DCs and not wear a coat. It's a lot of effort. <laughs> the coat. Yeah, the coat has nothing to do with this. The coat, I just, just 
I don't think I get enough use out of a coat. And they're like $200. No. That's a lot to spend on something I'm going to use three times no, a year. You can get cheaper coats. I'm not doing this, man. I don't know. I got, I got to take can a Can we talk about boxing? I'm done talking to you about clothes. Let's do this. <laughs> Damn. Grown yes, men don't want to wear coats. Let's and talk. Hoodies and earmuffs <laughs> in D.C. <laughs> Yo, and gloves. Put on, I was going like, to buy gloves. If you were a single man. And you had a profile. It was like I wear no coat, <laughs> hoodies, earmuffs, and DCs. Ain't nobody swiping. They, I mean, they getting. That's getting how my you wife met me. She met me online. I wore nothing. Well, I didn't wear DCs back then, but I wore one pair of sneakers the entire time, and graphic T-shirts with like cartoons on it or wrestling on it, and that's it. Didn't own a coat. I had what? two hoodies. They weren't even. They weren't even ESPN hoodies back then. And hoodie shit. I'd have that's it. Oh, and no, they were hoodies from when I coached football. So it'd be whatever school I was coaching at. She loved your personality. That you you had a hell of a personality <laughs> when you won that one. And wow. Listen, man, nope. the personality does shine through. It helps. It had to. But <laughs> I, I, it had to. I pull off the clothes well. I pull off the clothes well. No, you don't. Harry Potter t-shirt <laughs> what are you right talking now? about? You pull off the clothes well. I pull well. it off well. You know, goddamn DC, no coat ass fashion show. <laughs> I would pull off the clothes well. I go anywhere and people are like, yo, damn, Kel's dressed crazy. Nobody like, has ever like, said no, that to you like in the Kel. history of humanity. Nobody's <laughs> ever. Outside ever. of you. Outside of you. And maybe the reverse rap pack chat. Outside of you guys. No, no one's ever said that to me. And I've worn some wild shit. Like, I, I used to wear socks and, like, not even flip-flops. Like, in high school, our football team had, like, thong sandals where your toe goes in it, like a Ninja Turtle. And I used to wear my football socks with those to school just because it was part of our football things. And it was free. I think they were just so you could take a shower and, like, not put your feet on the floor and shit. But I would just wear those to school with my football socks. And people would be like... Why do you wear socks with those? Why are you wearing those? I'd be like, I don't care. I like those. And that was it. People stopped asking questions. And next thing you know, they just let me rock. (laughs) (laughs) No one one never complained. (laughs) Yeah, there's there's layers to this. It's not, again, the gimmick goes deep. It's not like a gimmick I created. Like, I've always not spent money on clothes. It's now just frighteningly known by everyone else and now people thinking they'll be like yo i really do just see kellen one pair of sneakers like the light bulb goes off now for people but other times in my life people just don't notice they're like man this guy it's nice looking guy in some uh decent looking clothes <laughs> he did it again stop that's lying it. stop the lies <laughs> this, this is a nice looking guy feel. cut it out stop stop that i'm telling give you me other compliments nice glasses you see, yeah, you gotta find like something. You ever see an ugly baby? You've seen an ugly baby. You always find something nice to say about an ugly baby. <laughs> I'm a I'm a Seinfeld fan, of course. Yeah, I'm ugly you baby. find something nice to say about an ugly baby. Everybody does. So yeah, nice glasses. <laughs> All right, can we talk about boxing? This is I'll a whole other segment where I can get it. Oh my god, yeah, let's, let's talk Christ. about boxing. I'm in New York, coatless for Teofimo Lopez versus George Cambosis. When we previewed this on Wednesday show, we both thought Teofimo gets him out of there. Kind of mid-rounds, we thought there was different levels to this. And then as the week played out, we heard rumblings before the show 
that Teofimo didn't have the best camp. A lot of stuff's going on in his personal life. We saw that kind of trip him up against Nakatani when he fought Nakatani. But we thought, okay, he can still get through this. Then we get to the weigh-in day, and there's talks of, well, he's really having trouble making weight. He makes the weight, but in an unof- well, I guess an official capacity backstage, and they just do a ceremonial weigh-ins instead on stage. And then we get to the fight night, and he comes out in the fight. He says, you know, during the press conference, I'm going to knock him out in one round. He comes out. That's exactly what he was trying to do. Knock him out in one round. Wild with it. He pressured Cambosis a little bit, but Cambosis was able to time the wildness, drop to Yofimo, gives him that round, and the entire fight changed from that point on. Diofimo was on the defensive. He was playing catch-up. He, for a while, wasn't throwing. He really then tried to figure out what Cambosis was doing. By the time he got that rhythm, seventh, eighth round, he was able to drop Cambosis in the tenth. Looked like he was about to get him out of there. Cambosis survived that, came back in the eleventh. A lot of people gave that round to Cambosis. Diofimo was tired and used all his energy to try to get him out in the tenth. Twelfth round, some people had it Cambosis, some people had it Teofimo. The fight ends. Trey, how did you have it scored? Because I had it scored as a draw. I didn't score at it. the end of the day. Remember, I was ringside for Fulton Figueroa, so it was really difficult. Oh, you were to to score the fight. Yeah. But from what I saw, it looked like Tio lost. Um, I mean, I'm a, I'm just gonna say this very flatly, and Tio follows me on Twitter, and I'm sure when I see him, he'll say something. It was the dumbest fight plan I've ever seen in my life. He lost the fight because he fought like an idiot. It was, it was. Yep. Teofimo Lopez just beat arguably the number one to two pound for pound fighter in the world, Vasily Lomachenko, by outthinking him, by countering him, by making Lomachenko think about what he was going to do. He threw all that shit out the window to go after George Cambosis because he thought he could knock him out and then quickly realized that he was arrogant and his ego got in the way. Not only his, but his father's ego ruined the fight. Yep. Any chance that he had at winning, like I said, on Teal's worst day, he could be George Cambosis. I was wrong. Because this was Teal fighting a dumb fight. I don't, it, I don't think it was the weight this cut. This was worst day. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, I don't think it was the weight cut. I don't think it was a bad training camp. This was all strategy. He came out there just swinging yep. like a wild man and thought he could get Cambosis out of there. And then he got caught. And then his dad in the corner says, what are you doing? Knock this bum out. That's not the game plan. When, when you reach a certain level of fighter, this, this is what happened. Teofimo Lopez got too much too soon and started smelling himself because he said, I just beat the best fighter of the world. I'm undisputed. Maybe, maybe not. I'm the man. And I could just blow everybody out because I already beat the best man on the planet. Then he got in a fight and realized, oh, there's levels to this. Every fighter's not the same. I can't just blow people out because you got to fight your fight. And Teal didn't fight his fight. He fought a dumb fight. So he, yeah. he's got to go back to the drawing board. I mean, we'll talk more about it in a second. He just but, has to do what he does well. Just, dude. just do what you did every other fight before this, and you'll be fine. Do what you did the last six rounds. Because the last six rounds, arguably, he took his time, countered, found, didn't chase when he hurt Cambosis, he hit Cambosis with a couple combinations at the end of the 7th and 8th. We were like, ooh, saved by the bell, right? Cool. And then in the 10th, that combination landed and dropped Cambosis. 
If he would have just started the fight that way, he probably gets the knockout in 10. But the mistake was... he takes his time, he puts him down. Dude, he made a mistake. He dropped Cambosis and didn't jump on him. You spent all the fight chasing after yeah. this man. You hurt him badly. And you don't jump on him? This was all... He had none left in the tank. This was all emotion and ego. Like, he was fighting like a man without a plan. He was fighting, like, I always liken these things to Madden, right? Like, when you're really good at Madden, you, like, you either have your run game or your pass game. And then when you play people that you don't think are any good, you just run, like, bombs and stuff to try to embarrass them. But then you pick a couple of those bombs off, and all of a sudden you're down 21 or nothing. And then you got to fight your way up, and you don't know how to fight from behind because that's not you. Now it's like, yeah. well, what do I do? Like, he got too much too soon. I've, this is – Teofimo Lopez is – at a huge crossroads in his career. Either this fight makes him his better. Life. Yeah, like either this fight makes him better and go back to the drawing board and say, you know what, I made a lot of mistakes. One, dad can't be my head trainer. That's got to end immediately. Yeah. He ain't going to like I mean, he's not going to like when I say that, but it's true. Your dad, your dad is a, all he does is pump your ego. He gave you no advice for 12 rounds. None. I listened to, I listened to the fight. As I was like looking up and watching the undercards of the uh, the Fulton Figueroa fight, I'm listening in the corner and, and I'm sitting next to Keith Eidek from Boxing Scene. I was like, I can't believe this. I can't believe what I'm hearing. This this corner was almost as bad as Mike Tyson when he fought Buster Douglas, where they came completely unprepared for, for what could happen. Buster the, the Tyson Douglas fight, everybody remembers. They forgot the they didn't bring the ends well because they thought he was going to blow Buster out. And instead of having a, an ice bag, they used a latex glove and filled it up with water because they were completely unprepared. And they just were like, hey, Mike, knock him out. You think Mike's not trying to do that? But there's strategy involved. T.O.'s corner on this night was just as bad. Probably not worse, but just as bad. He, he's got a lot to do. And if his ego can't recover, it might be over already. Yeah, I, I think Mike Perry's girlfriend had a better corner than T.O. had in this fight. Facts. Like, there's there no no difference. At least she wasn't yelling false information. It's like, T.O.'s corner was, oh, good round. Really? He lost that round. So maybe if you didn't tell him good round every time, he wouldn't think he's up 10 to 2, and he's shocked at the decision. Maybe he would have threw a couple more punches every round and made it decisive that he was winning those rounds and not coasting and saving his energy after he blew through his gas tank in the first round and a half. So, yeah, I, I think it's time for him to leave his dad if he wants to get serious. Again, one loss does not a career make. Whatever. People lose for different reasons, wherever he's at in his life. Um, he has to just figure out life, first and foremost. Dude. But then he has to be real and say, yeah, man, I, I need to get to a different level. I need a better trainer. I need someone, and my dad could be around, but no, I, I need someone who's really done this for a long time to take me to a different level. I've learned all I can from my father, and he's learned all he can from you two. It's time to go in and, and take my career to the next level, if he wants that. If not, he was a guy who was amazing at 22, became undisputed champion of the world, and never lived up to his potential. That happens all the time. I mean, it doesn't really happen all the time. Like, 22 undisputed, beat the best fighter in the world. Not undisputed. No, like, not to that level, but, I mean, 
Adrian I, Broner lost it fast. Yeah, but I like, mean, Adrian was um, the, Adrian's Judah. older. A, Zab was older. Like Tio, Tio Zab didn't beat the man, right? Broner yeah. didn't beat the man. Broner won world titles like against like bump. Now nah, I want to call them bums. At least they had a title, but Tio beat the pound for pound best fighter in the world. Him and Bud man. Crawford at the time were one two, and Canelo was right there at three. Tio beat that guy. I've never seen this yeah. before. I've never seen a guy beat one of the best fighters in the world and then completely flop in his next performance only because he refused to stick to his game plan. He didn't use the jab. He was a much better counterpuncher, no. which Cambosis is not hard to find, but he refused to allow Cambosis to come in and counter off of whatever Cambosis was doing. But if you don't jab and you don't throw counterpunches and you're not defensively sound, you're throwing wild punches, of, I mean – a, that's a sucker's game plan. And you went out there and you blew yeah. it. You blew it like your ego shot. You're, you're a kid. You're still a kid. His ego just took a, a mighty blow. I don't know if he can recover from this. I hope he can. But, duh, I don't know. I, this is a precipitous uh, fall from grace. Like, this like is you absurd. Say, you, can go, you can go two ways now. So you can move up and wait, try to regroup. Manny Pacquiao lost a a good amount of times, like throughout the transitions, Manny did it the right way. All right, cool. Whatever. I lost back to the drawing board. Either we run in it back or I'm going to go up and wait and beat the hell out of whoever you think is good up there. And in five years, you're going to forget about that loss. Yeah, but you'd be like, yo, it was a bad night. Even Manny didn't beat the pound for pound best fighter in the world. Even Manny Pacquiao, like he was beating. Really good people, like, and the people who beat him at the time were really fucking good. I don't, I don't know where Cambosis then lies. That's that's what I'm Cam- saying. You Cambosis, like, he could be Buster Douglas, and this could be his last hurrah. He comes up off those belts, and or he can be a really legit fighter. I mean, eh. I don't know. Again, I don't know. I mean, Cambosis, I don't think he's gonna go the Buster route where he just eats himself into the next weight class because that's what Buster did. But there was no, no other weight class higher than heavyweight after he beat Tyson. <laughs> and then you know, Buster got a video yeah. game on Sega Genesis that sucked, and that's a whole bunch of stuff. But can't. But the thing is, is Tio beat at 22 years old, beat one of the best fighters in the world, arguably the greatest amateur boxer of all time. That people were like, nobody can beat him. Nobody. Loma stepped up and beat him. Like when you talk about Pacquiao. When Pacquiao came up in the States, he already had a loss, right? He, already, he was never yeah. supposed to be the man, right? There's, it's hard to equate this to another person other than Tyson, to be honest with you. Because even when Zab Judah lost to Katsuzu, people thought, ah, Katsuzu might beat Zab Judah because Katsuzu was really good, right? When Adrian Broder yeah. fought Maidana, he moved up in weight, and a lot of people were like, hey, he should beat Maidana, but he's going up in weight. Teal's in his weight class. With all the belts, a massive favorite, huge favorite. He would have been a bigger favorite if Mike Tyson didn't mess it up with Buster Douglas because Mike Tyson was like an 81-to-1 <laughs> favorite. The, the odds breaker's like, we're never going to do that shit again. But he was like a plus – like Cambosis like a plus 1,600. He was supposed to have no chance in hell. Cambosis' biggest win was Mickey Bay. And he didn't even look great yeah. in that fight. Tifima Lopez beat the best fighter in the world – and now it makes you wonder, like, you know, Lomachenko's sitting there going, God damn it. <laughs> like, he wanted that fight back. I, but I don't think he gets this version. And it, he could, depending on what oh, no, life he won't. He has won't. had in store for Teal. Yeah. 
But I don't I don't think he gets that version of Tio. Tio gave this version to a guy he thought he could just blow out and had no respect for and paid for. Paid now he lost that you're twenty four years old. Hey, I have I have a question. Millions. I have a question to ask you. How bad I mean, so there's a couple things here. Cambosis was his mandatory, so he doesn't have to give T.O. a rematch. He's probably not. No. Especially the way T.O. acted after Nor the fight. Nor should he. And the way T.O. acted after yeah, the fight no. was horrible. Uh, T.O.'s never making 135 again, so there is no rematch. No. Continue. So, but if you're Bob Arum, you just lost Bud Crawford. T.O. ran off the Triller, got a bunch of money, then the fight didn't happen. Then he fought on the zone, and then he just lost to Cambosis. Who Cambosis fights under Lou DiBella. Lou DiBella could take him anywhere. Which, yeah. from what I've heard, Cambosis will be here in Vegas for the Haney-Diaz fight. Because he mm. wants to actually prove that I'm undisputed. Because he's going to look at that fight very closely. But if you're yeah. Bob Arum and you're looking at Tio, it's like, what do I do with you now? Because I, I don't really want to throw you in a fight with Josh Taylor. You ain't ready. No, he has to rebuild him at 140 like a normal 24-year-old. You know so how the kid different was on that top is? of the world. Because Lopez it, trashed Bob Arum, and his dad trashed Bob Arum, and now you got to come back with your hat in your hand. It was like, oh, and they, After the fight, they both praised Bob Arum and blamed his own. Of course they did. For the decision. Of course. So, I mean, it is what it is. Ain't no maturity in that think, camp. Mm. Um, in terms of top-ranking Bob Arum, it's a three-year deal. You're not in a rush, right? Like, you lost his ability to be on pay-per-view. Right, but you then gain his ability to be on ESPN, work his way through 140. You have people at 140 he can fight. You like outside of the champ. Josh Taylor has mandatory; he can do whatever he wants. There's there's room there. Sooner or later, the problem becomes like what happens when Teofimo next September has to fight Burchell or um. Not Burchell, but um, what's his face who lost to Josh Taylor? Jose Ramirez. Um, Birch- Ramirez. Like, are you confident Theofimo is going to beat Jose Ramirez? Because now, instead of going to the final boss and Josh Taylor, taking your chance at it, you now have to work your way through all the other people in that division. You may have to fight Regis Proigrace at one point in time. That's a tough fight. You might have to fight Ramirez. Like, there's, there's a lot of people for him to fight now at 140. And I think they they build him up for a year, year and a half. If the belts are dispersed by then, he's not going to be undisputed at two different weights. But he has to carry one belt at that weight. And then sooner or later, he has to fight one of the other young kids and give them an L if he can. Like, you're going to have to fight Haney if he moves up. You're going to have to fight Tank at 140 at some point. If you want to be back on pay-per-view and those negotiations can get dicey because you have the loss. I mean, not like you have the loss. You have to be rebuilt. You fight for top rank where they really, you know, those names aren't there for you. Tank's not there for you. Right. Devin Haney's not there for you. You talked all that shit to Devin too. email champ, blah, blah, blah. And then you went and blew it. Now, obviously, Devin's got to take care of business, which we'll talk about. But it's like, man, you really you really shot yourself in the foot in the worst way. Because no he matter, did it to himself. All his fault. And look, man, I'm going to talk yeah. to George this week because he'll be in Vegas. And, you know, Peter Kahn is a friend of ours. You know, he's always sung the praises of George. George sparred with Manny, yada, yeah. yada, yada. I'm going to be very upfront with George. I'm going to say, hey, George, I did not pick you to win this fight at all. <laughs> and it's, 
I have to be honest. I'm not going to lie to you. Nobody picked you. Probably just you. Maybe Peter. Yep. <laughs> like, that's it. <laughs> like, nobody picked you to win this fight. You won this fight. But now, you still got a lot to prove. It's not, like, and going back to Tio, to it's not even like Canelo. When Canelo lost to Floyd, he wasn't supposed to win that fight anyway. It was just Floyd's toughest challenge. Yeah. Tio was supposed to blow Cambosis out. One fight removed from becoming undisputed. Cambosis now has to build himself up. Tio can go to 140, but like you said, there's no guarantee he's going to be Jose Ramirez because it's here. It's mental. Yeah. It's all mental. This has nothing to do with skill because talent-wise, he's easily one of the best fighters that we've seen. Now when we look at the four kings, when we talk about the four kings, he's out of there. Now it's Tank, Devin, Ryan, Shakur. Those are your four. No, Shakur's lighter than them. Yeah, hey. but like I, I'm not going to take him out for one loss. Oh, he I just am. has to build back up, and then fight the others. I'll, I'll take him out. He's gone. Right now, he's gone. If there's only room for four? I, yeah, I think, I think the, the talent is still there. Again, you gotta, you, it, it, mentally, you fucked up. I'm just, that's, but that's what I'm saying. If I got to make room for four right now. Shakur takes that spot. Shakur went into a fight. Sure, we, but I mean. Well, we question Shakur's not maturity. Not all of them. We question Shakur's yeah. maturity. How many of them are going to end undisputed? I mean, are going to end Undefeated. I don't care. I'm talking about right now. If we're talking about the four names right now, Tiafimo's out today. He can come back with a couple okay. wins. He can come back, yeah. but he blew it. He blew. It. We questioned Shakur Stevenson's maturity. It was like, I don't know against Mel Herring. I don't know if he's mature enough. And he went out there and put on the performance of a lifetime and blew Jamel Howard. Outside out. of Devin Haney, outside of Devin Haney, I question everyone's maturity I mean, in that group. You can, but. Ryan Garcia pulled himself off the canvas against Luke Campbell and knocked him out with he a did. body shot. He did. Like, yep. I mean, Ryan got to prove it to me when he comes back. Tank, I questioned his maturity for years and thought, yo, they're racing the fight Tank because he wasn't taking care of his weight. He was, like, slacking. And then Tank, in the past year and a half, the light bulb kicked on. This kid's in the gym every day. Yeah, He's eating right, eating healthy. He can go to whatever weight class he wants. He's constantly training. He figured it out. At 25, I guess, and a half. He's now 27. And then these kids are 23, 24. So, like, if T.O. hits the same thing and the light bulb clicks on, then Yeah, but T.O. Cool. lost. T.O. lost they, somebody he had no business losing to. No, but now there's nothing better in boxing than a comeback story. So, it's up to him, though. Like you said, he, he's at a crossroads. You can't lose twice. Nah. You can lose once. You can't lose twice. Not I, this earth. I mean, you but, lose twice. It's right. The other thing is, you can lose once if it's a close fight against an opponent that we thought, man. This was close. No, no, no. No, it wasn't supposed to be close. That's my issue yeah. with this fight. He lost his fight by fighting like an idiot because he's way better than that. It's, it, it was disappointing watching Tio do, do what he did. It wasn't like he got beat by the better man. I will never believe that Kambosis no. was a better man. Whereas I've seen other fighters deal with adversity and overcome it. That's why I talk about Ryan. He got put down hard against Luke Campbell. And he could have checked out. And he didn't. Yep. You know, even Adrian Broner, even Adrian Broner, as much as we talk about him, Madonna put him down a lot. And Broner made it to the final bell. He didn't fight a stupid fight. He yep. just got beat. But this yeah. was T.O. out here just being, I mean, like he was just trying to play with his food and didn't realize, yo, this is a tough ass steak. This is a well done steak you're fighting. This ain't no. This ain't easy to cut through, and you find out too late. And my again, my problem is the corner with his dad, 
and how both of them reacted as a fight. Tio said he won that fight 10 rounds to two. Are you serious? That's what his dad was telling him in the corner. He hasn't seen it, so what do you expect him to say? As dumb as it is, that's the dumb information relayed towards him. So there's a difference between Teofimo Lopez's father and Sean Porter's father. Like a stark difference. Oh, Sean Porter's dad would have told him, you're getting your ass whooped. Exactly. Like, there's... Yeah, no, no, there's there's different levels to this. There's um, Loma's dad isn't playing that shit. Like, father-son dynamics are, are tough in boxing always. This one always seemed like it had an exploration point, right? Like, we just didn't think it would come this fast. Yeah, it's it's my And role. it was just, yeah, I think it's just, it's cool, but it's, it's just time to to separate that a little bit. If he wants to get back to the level where we all think his talent will allow him to. Yeah, I mean, no look, excuses. It's, it's Devin Haney now has Ben Davis in, the, in his corner, right? Bill Haney, his father, was like, I'm not enough. We got to make this better. Yep. Kenny Porter, has, has, he's been Sean's trainer, but he's, you know, he brought in Larry Wade. Like, he's, he's been really good at what he's done, right? They go to different gyms. Right. They, they you know, all the time. Like, Teal's father's maturity level is on par with his son. And they th- just think they can beat people because they beat the best fighter in the world. Because we all know Teal Sr. was like, uh, he's going to beat Lomachenko. We were like, he's crazy. And then his son did it. Mm-hmm. But I think he took just as much credit as his son. Whereas, like, that was really your son. You know, Loma, Loma respected Teal a lot, gave away a lot of the rounds, turned it on late, whatever. But at some point, you got to say, you got to push the ego aside and say, we need some help. And hopefully T.O.'s smart yeah. enough because we all know the Rocky relationship with his family in general. In his life, he just had a kid. He needs to take some time off. But if he doesn't get somebody else in that corner, I don't think he's going to recover. It's going to be tough. Yeah, he's, he's not going to grow. That's, he's hit his peak where he is. Now does he want to grow? And that's Absolutely. the question. With Cambosis, and we'll, we'll talk about that you know, here more in a second, but now Cambosis holds the cards. Yeah. Cabosa is going to get a, a big payout hey, the is next he, fight. Is he undisputed? The question is Is he undisputed? I still say he's undisputed. <laughs> yes. Like, honestly, Devin beat no one for that belt. Hey. Yes. You beat the man who beat the man. You are, you are undisputed right now. Because someone asked me that at the fight. And obviously, it's a bunch of matchroom and disowned people. So, Taney's person. And they're like, Is he undisputed, champ? I was like, Yup. They're like, well, Devin has the real WBC belt. I was like, who'd he beat for it? Doesn't matter. They're like, no one. That doesn't matter. Doesn't. I was like, it does matter. No, it I was doesn't. like, you know what? How about this? We throw out the franchise. We throw out Devin Haney's fake WBC belt. They beat no one for. And who has the rest of the belts? That guy is undisputed. No, Since we can't agree on what the WBC does, let's just get rid of that in the argument. That's who has every works. other belt? That's not how this works. He has every other belt. He's undisputed champion. He's unified. That's not undisputed. Undisputed in the four belt or his four major world titles. He's he's holding a lot of green. He's holding a lot he's of holding, green. On he's his holding arms. a fake championship. Where whereas uh, it, we got to just go technically speaking, he's not. They gave someone champion. a fake championship. I would not say that belt he is holding is the fake one. How they took Loma got elevated to franchise champion, which the rule state by the WBC you cannot lose this title in a fight. What you do get... Yeah, they went back on that. Yeah, and what you do get is the first crack at the person who holds the title. 
Cool. They went back on that. Yeah, but you did they not? Because you, you can't really go back on it. Like Suleiman has said it several times. He counted to you. He yeah, went back on it. It's ridiculous. several times. It's he's not on his feet. It's it's crazy, but the man's on his feet. I don't think anything uh, will be I don't think it'll be determined <laughs> until Devin and Cambos. If Devin beats Jojo Diaz this weekend and Devin Cambos fight, then we can say undisputed. Till then? Yeah, we'll talk about we'll talk about what's next for Cambosis actually when we get to those fights. Real quick, Fulton versus Figueroa, the other fight of the weekend. That was an that was an amazing fight. For those of you who didn't watch it, like take some time out to watch Fulton Figueroa. That was I said it during the fight. Uh Stephen Fulton wins a majority of decision. Uh it was the equivalent of Margarito Cotto. With the exception that Fulton knew what to do where Cotto didn't know what to do when Margarita loaded gloves or not. Kept coming, and Fulton couldn't, like, Cotto couldn't do anything to keep Margarito off him. And eventually the punishment mounted up. Cotto never tied up Margarito. He never pu- pu- pushed him backwards, and he ended up getting stopped late in the fight. It was the same fight with Figueroa and Fulton where Fulton was trying to fight Figueroa off. Figueroa never stopped coming forward. Uh, you know, worked the body inside fighting. But what Fulton did differently was that he would push Figueroa into the middle of the ring, and he would land crisp shots up top, and he would land combinations, and he would lo- use movement, and he would tie him up. That was one hell of a performance by Stephen Fulton. And I've listened to people say, the wrong man won. I scored the fight 16-12 for Fulton. I thought he won the fight. I'm not going to say it was clear. If, if Figueroa won seven rounds to five, I wouldn't be mad at that either. I, there were a lot of really close rounds. But people use the word robbery in boxing, Way, way, way too much. No, way a, too loss, much. a loss is not a robbery. A close fight is not a robbery. You know what's a robbery? I've seen some robberies. Uh, Canelo getting a draw against Floyd Mayweather? That was stupid. Ridiculous. We could say Tim yeah. Bradley, Manny Pacquiao. That was a robbery. That was a robbery. I mean, Jeff Horn, Manny Pacquiao, to me, was a robbery. Jeff Horn, Manny Pacquiao was a controversial decision, not a robbery. Jeff Horn outworked. Okay, that was, Jeff that was Horn, home cooking. How about that? That he, was home cooking. He outworked Manny in some of those rounds where you could say it was like a round or two difference. This, but the Fulton Figueroa fight, absolutely not a robbery. I thought the right man won. I didn't have a problem with any of this. No, I agree. Watched it after Teal's fight was done. I'm so happy Fulton broke the curse of the Corner Podcast. Everyone else <laughs> we've had on the show as a guest has either lost their fight due to injury and the cards like their fight has been called off, or they've literally lost their fight by violent knockout most of the times. So I was like, man, damn, we need someone to break this. So Fulton, I was scared there for a second. I was sweating. But he broke the curse of the corner podcast. I, He did everything he said he was going to do. He's like, I'm a box smart, but don't think I won't stand there and throw hands. He fought, I mean, he, and he proved a, it. a hell of a fight. Now, you know, he's going to watch MJ Akhmadaliev, uh, see what he does. Maybe he goes undisputed, maybe not. I think Fulton's got – Fulton's one of those guys that uh, he, he's interesting because he can fight at 22, obviously, and go to 26 and 30, where there's a lot of fights for him, obviously, at 30. Uh, maybe he can even go up to 35. He's kind of He can fill out. I don't know if he has the power to beat some of those guys. I'm a little curious about that. Figueroa obviously could take a punch. Fulton hit him with a lot of clean shots. But as you move up in weight, Obviously, the power goes down unless your name is Manny Pacquiao. We don't know what Juju Manny Pacquiao had. We have our suspicions. <laughs> but Fulton's not going to start knocking people out as he moves up in weight. I, just, I don't necessarily see it. Uh, but 
I'm very interested. How long he stays at 22? Does he go fight MJ to become undisputed? Does he look at 26? Does he go to 30? I don't know. But he fought a, he fought an incredible fight this weekend. No, great, great job. If it's not the undisputed fight next, then he goes up, I think. Because there's nothing left for him. Like, you know, there, there's no reason to defend those titles against a mandatory at 22. When, again, you drop them and you become the mandatory at 26. So you, you might as well move up. Um, Theo admitted after fight one and only smart thing said in the post fight was I should have dropped the titles like everyone else after they win them because I knew I couldn't make the weight. I've been struggling with this weight for years. I should have dropped the titles. I felt like he should have. That was a cop out. No, I, correct. Not... But that's a true statement. Yeah, but it's... the true statement is you should have dropped the titles. Yeah. You went up to 140 and everyone else chased you up there and you're the mandatory. What? You did it. I mean, we all know T.O. We, I've said, we've said it for like at least two years in this podcast. T.O. squeezing in the 35. Like when we saw, I, I asked his dad, I was like, how does he make 30? This is impossible. Like I look at him. He's like, yeah. he's like as big as me. Like how does he make 35? When you won the titles and became undisputed, you should have made that decision immediately. Now, you decided yeah. to go for the bag. You took on your mandatory. You saw Triller made the huge bid, and you decided to cash out. And But the weight isn't why you lost the fight. That's that's going to be no, my it's issue with game you. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't care yeah. about, you know, I should have dropped the titles. That ain't why you lost. You lost because you fought dumb. You fought a dumb fight. It's like swinging at yeah. every pitch. Anyone, yeah, you. no matter what weight class he went to, whoever he would have fought would have beat him with this style. Yeah, it, it, dude. Doesn't there, matter who is across from. There are. It, it, I like it into a base baseball analogy. There are bad pitchers who have pitched no hitters in perfect games, right? Because it, it, it happens. Some pitchers just have a great night, but if you come out swinging it every single pitch, because obviously if you're going up against somebody like Max Scherzer, or you're going up against somebody like Robbie Ray, your approach is going to be different at the plate than yeah. say you know some middle reliever who's got like a, a blown up ERA, right? And you think Andrew ah, Haney. Yeah, Damn, Andrew Haney. Your boy Andrew Haney, right? <laughs> but Andrew Haney has good nights. And if you swing at everything he, he throws, you're going to find yourself down in the count, going 0 for 4, costing your team. That's what Tio did against George Cambosis. Cambosis might have been Andrew Haney and was throwing gas. He had the best night of his life. But even in his best night, he shouldn't have been able to beat you. He blew it. No, hands down. Um, let's take our last break, come back, and we'll preview Haney and Tink before we get out of here. So more boxing talk. Don't go anywhere. Right back after this. Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode, and it's going to be around this kid. We're the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation, and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts. All right, everyone, time to wrap this one up. Dre, still two big boxing matches coming this weekend. We alluded to them. First one, Devin Haney versus JoJo Diaz on Saturday in Vegas. Supposed to be JoJo Diaz versus Ryan Garcia. Ryan Garcia hurts his hand. Goes out. JoJo Diaz is the mandatory due to Ryan Garcia taking 
um, a mental health break over the summer. JoJo earned that. So it only makes sense that he fights the one of the WBC champions and Devin Haney. And they go at it this weekend at the MGM. I mean, I think this is a great fight. Jojo Diaz is all pressure, all everything. Haney is the bigger guy. I, I think Devin Haney finds a way to be slick enough and smart enough to avoid the pressure that Jojo's going to bring at him. And I think Devin won't make the mistakes Tio made of just getting into a brawl with someone. He's going to outclass someone. He's perfectly fine with having a chess match. And I see him winning this one by decision and kind of boring people along the way. They're, I don't think fans are going to be happy. I'm going to beg to differ. I think Devin Haynes is going to stop JoJo Diaz this weekend. Here's Ooh. why. We've said from the beginning that Devin Haynes is probably one of the most skilled of these young fighters in terms of his jab, everything. I mentioned early before he we went to break, got Ben Davis in his camp. Who did Ben Davison make a star? Tyson Fury. Devin Haney's going to figure out how to use his power and use somebody like Jojo Diaz, turn that aggression against him. He's going to catch him one good time, and I think he's going to stop him. Uh, This is a good fight, which was really weird because Jojo Diaz and Ryan Garcia were going to fight. Were two mandatories to Devin's title? We're going to fight each other instead of fighting the champ. That was stupid. Nevertheless, Garcia falls out. Devin says, I've never heard a, a, a champion do this. Devin says... One of you losers fight me, right? I got the title. Why aren't y'all fighting me? <laughs> JoJo, finally, they acquiesce. Eddie Hearn makes a deal. This fight is happening. Devin just watched Tiafimo Lopez lose. I guarantee you, Ben Davison, uh, Bill Haney, Devin Haney, know they need to make a statement this weekend. They have to. Especially now that it seems like George Cambosis is going to be in the building. JoJo's a good fighter. But he's small. He beat Tevin Farmer. Yeah. For all intents and purposes, I like Tevin. Let's not act like Tevin Farmer was a world beater. Now, people are going to say Devin Haney didn't look good against Jorge Linares. You're absolutely right. People are going to say Devin Haney didn't look good against, I can't remember his name, on that, the uh, Logan Paul card. Jake Paul card. Oh, Logan Paul, yeah. You're absolutely right. There's a reason why I got Ben Davidson in his camp. Devin Haney's beating the hell out of people in sparring sessions. Things are going to stop him. And I think this is going to be the night. And on top of all that, knowing that Tank fights the next day, there's so many things that Devin has to prove in this fight. And I think he's going to prove it with one of his best performances. It will be the best performance of his career. I think he's going to stop Jojo Diaz. Ben Davison is known for many great things. He is a very bright young coach. He is not known for teaching power. You don't teach power. Tyson Fury. You don't teach I'm power. I'm just teaching people how to sit on punches and fight aggressively is not what Ben Davidson is known for. Josh Taylor was a little bit wild. Him and Proy Grace was a war. He brought in Ben Davidson, fixed his defense. Voila, he outboxed someone, became undisputed champion. Right? You look at Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury was a defensive wizard. Guy with Ben Davidson got even better defensively. Saw that that wasn't enough to beat Deontay Wilder. Went out there and got someone to specifically help him sit down on his punches and get the most out of his frame as a power puncher. Davidson, I think, 
adds more strategy, more defense, sharpens the tools Haney has, and they don't go for the kill. They don't go for the finish. I think Ben Davison makes people smarter. Amazing adjustments mid-fight. The guy's like a computer in his head. I don't think he's the guy who's going to say, go in there and go for the kill. No, he's not. I'm telling They can prove me wrong. I just think that this is going to be another decision win, and it's going to be, okay, I want to fight Cambosis. Cambosis will be there at the end of the day, 2022. I don't think Haney gets the shot. I know who gets the shot in my head. Devin Haney is not that guy. Who gets the shot? The person we'll talk about in the next preview gets the shot. Okay. Uh, at George Cambosis, and I'll explain perfectly why in a second. So, I get what you're saying about Ben Davidson, but that, that's not what Ben Davidson's here to do with Devin. What Ben Davidson is here to do mm. is to teach Devin how to set traps. More than anything else, the way you beat an aggressive okay. fighter is by setting traps and walk him into one. Devin's tools, you can't teach ring IQ. Either you got it or you don't. Shakur Stevens has got ring IQ. Floyd Mayweather's got ring IQ. Yep. Andre Ward's got ring IQ. Tyson Fury's got ring IQ. Devin Haney's got ring IQ, but he's got to get better and more patient at setting traps and see what's coming before it happens. Ben Davidson's good at strategizing for a specific opponent. He's looking at JoJo Diaz, knowing that JoJo's not going to try to outbox you. He's going to try to outbrawl you. Yep. And in order, if he's going to be aggressive, what do you do? You walk him into one. You set a trap. Linares was a great boxer. He just never panned out to be the fighter that everybody thought he was when he first signed the Golden Boy. But he's always been a really fundamentally sound boxer when he uses those tools. Jojo Diaz is a good, aggressive fighter that you can walk into one if it's necessary. I also think that Devin, there's an animal inside Devin that we haven't necessarily seen yet. You could be right. Devin could go out here and kind of stink this one out and win a decision. But it doesn't behoove him to do that knowing Tank fights the following night, knowing George beat T.O., and knowing that everybody's watching you and they're calling you the, the email champ. You have to prove it in this fight. You don't be overly aggressive. You set your traps. You wait for your opportunities. And then you go for the kill when you hurt somebody. I think he does that against JoJo. And JoJo, JoJo's looking at Devin. I think a lot of people are looking at Devin and underestimating how good he is. I think they, they, everybody's going to make a mistake this weekend. Could be wrong, but if Devin wipes out JoJo Diaz, he's going to get Cambosis. But it, you're, if he gets a decision, you're right. That, it probably won't go to Devin. Yeah, I, I think regardless, Devin doesn't get that fight. Eh, and I'll I don't tell know about you regardless. Why. Because... Tank Davis, Tank Davis, one, I saw <laughs> – I saw at the fight, um, Lou DiBella, shout out to Lou, who was like riding high on this win. He was talking bad shit. And Lou was so happy. It was so great to actually see him happy and pop his shit. Like, no lie. Like, Lou was on it. But he was like, listen, just because we did this, don't think I'm going to just turn him over to Eddie Hearn and just any asshole for him to be on TV. He was like, we hold the chips. We're going to get the biggest and the best deal. That's revert. That was an exact quote. Now, the biggest and the best deal out there, and let's make this clear, even with the Ofimo Lopez rematch or whatever you want to do, the biggest and best deal is for him to fight Javante Davis for those belts. And I'll tell you why. Javante is a proven pay-per-view commodity already. 
pay-per-view sales versus nobody's. He can sell on his own. He can sell in Atlanta. He can sell in LA. He can sell no matter where he goes. Javante, on the other hand, if you want someone to go to Australia, I think it's something where they'll be open to because they can sell 80,000 seats in Australia, take some of the gate, and not hurt the pay-per-view for Javante here in the U.S. I think he still sells, and it's the best of both worlds. If you want to put that fight in a Los Angeles, in a Vegas, and still want people to come out and have money, Javante Davis is the guy. Devin Haney doesn't sell anything. You have to then trust Eddie Hearn to put up all the money in the fight. DAZN doesn't have pay-per-view. I think they might be moving to a pay-per-view model. But still, all that has to be on a trusting Eddie Hearn basis. Javante Davis brings pay-per-views anyway. If you get pay-per-view money splits off of Javante Davis, you're looking at 280,000 pay-per-views, at least. Now you're mixing in the belts. You're mixing in a guy who knocked down Teofimo Lopez, who got knocked down by Teofimo, and you can sell that with Javante's power. And Javante's looking at this like, oh, yeah, I want to fight this guy. He has all the belts, and I've seen him hit the canvas. Oh, I could knock him clean out. So you don't worry if you're Mayweather promotion sending Javante to Australia because you'd be like, oh, well, we're not going to get a decision on Australia. You're not going to the decision anyway. And this isn't a Teofimo's dad cocky way. Everyone gets knocked out when they step in the ring with Javante. And Cambosis is there to be hit. I think Javante Davis is the perfect person to fight a George Cambosis. Cambosis on paper, payday for Cambosis, and a guy who can starch knock him out so it doesn't matter where the fight is. Here's I think my, we see that next May. Here's my counter. George Cambosis won't get paid because how much is Isaac Cruz getting to fight Tank Davis? Oh, that's he's not Isaac Cruz, though. Oh, but I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, the reason why Tank... I think they pay him because he has all the belts. But the reason why Tank does these pay-per-views is he gets the lion's share and he doesn't have to share, right? <laughs> like, he does, like yeah. it's all him. Cambosis has the titles. Here's where this thing gets difficult. You could be right. This, this could happen. Cambosis is going to want to fight in Australia. Yep. Devin Haney is willing to go to Australia. Eddie Hearn has the money to pay Cambosis for this fight to happen in Australia, fill up the stadium, and make it accessible for everybody to see. Not to mention, now we can clear up this whole who's the undisputed champion thing with one big fight, right? You could fight Tank. It's risky. But do you trust Mayweather Promotions to pay you properly in a pay-per-view? You're, gonna, like, you're, you're not going to make as much as him. No, no but you're I, never going to make as much as Tank in this pay-per-view. But if you're Lou DiBella... And I'll talk to Lou this week because I'm curious what he thinks about this. You come in this fight as the B-side and you're okay with that? You're the champ. Yeah, I think for it to be on pay-per-view. It, it, but, but, mm, but the, I, I think they can guarantee a lot of money there. But the, issue, the bigger issue is, what does Tank have that you want? Tank ain't got nothing that you want. The, the, the payday and... But you're, you're PBC and Al Heyman coming to the table and being like, we can guarantee you. They won't guarantee mil. They won't because they know they will they not making. They that will back. not guarantee George Cambosis eight million. Let's throw that out the window. That will not happen. That will not Tank happen. Tank would have to make like twelve, but I think they can give. They George. would. They would never. Six? They would never guarantee Six? twenty million in purses for a pay per view that barely does over two hundred thousand buys. That'll never happen. If you also have the gate in Australia, that again. 
It'll never happen. Because George's, George's side is going to say, this is our gate. You can have the pay-per-view. We want the gate. Okay. But Al Hay- like Hay- when they have outside fighters, the reason why the Charlos, they, the Sean Porters, the Keith Thurmans, the Deontay Wilders get all this money is because they keep a majority of it being the A side. And they play the B side like a sucker for the most part, except for when the Tyson Fury fight came along. But if you're George Cambosis and you're saying, I have all the belts, I'm fighting your guy who has no belts, and I'm supposed yeah. to relinquish a, a 70-30 split because that's what that you know that's what Heyman's going to come with. They're not going to 50-50. They're going to try to offer something stupid. And no. so, then I'm sitting there 60-40 going. 60-40 was my suggestion. But even, <laughs> but if, it's, yes, even if it's 60-40, ain't nobody making $8 million to fight Tank. Not George Cambosis. Because George Cambosis is bringing nothing to the American pay-per-view buys. So that, I don't no. think they would offer him that. Yeah, this fight could we happen. offer a high so he can put his belt on the line. Because there's no other reason for him to put his belt on the line against Tank. Honestly, there isn't. No. He's a more dangerous fight than Devin. There's no win there except becoming a pay-per-view entity and being on pay-per-view. So you have to overpay him. And you have to overshoot Eddie by a lot. And so that's why and, I was throwing out that number. Because you, you got to outshoot Eddie by a lot to make that happen. So it, the lowest I can see it, 60-40 split. So like 6.5. They will, no. They will never pay. No. To like 10. No. You, no. That's, they that's will, the only way it happens. That's all I'm saying. Dude, Sean never made that kind of money. How are they going to offer an outsider that kind of cash? They will never do Cause that. Because you, you then boost Gervonta's status no, you don't. to another level. No, you don't. Because that fight. Look, after it's we, a good way of saying he beat a guy who beat a guy like Teofimo. That's cool. Teofimo's not on my level without ever having to fight Teofimo. But they're not going to pay George Campos' $6.5 million. They're not going to pay him $6.5 million. Such a fight. But they're not going to give him that kind of money. Sean Porter, how, do you think, how much do you think he gets for his next one then? How much do you think Eddie gives him? Eddie will offer him three, maybe four. Because Eddie has, Eddie has it. Eddie also knows how to market I mean, that's double... Yeah, yes. that's double this latest purse, so I but, get it. But the thing is, is that Eddie's looking at is like, all right, we're subscriber based with the zone. I know how to market internationally. If one thing that Eddie Hearn knows how to do more than better than just about anybody is market internationally. He understands these oh, markets. Unlock. He and he's got money to burn, right? It's not a pay per view. He can guarantee his purse, and there's history on the line, right? You fight Tank, you know Al Ham is not looking at his history is on the line. Al Hamer's looking at us like, this is Tank's food right here. We're going to fight yep. him. We're going to beat him. So, but if, if Cambos, if DeBella comes to the table and says, we want $6.5 million, like, get out of here. You're fighting our guy. We're the A side. The A side, this, this becomes a tug of war. There's no way they play Cambos at $6.5 Not now. Because here's the bigger reason why. Tank, fight, Tank is going to, whatever he does in this pay-per-view, Against Isaac Cruz, it's going to be very interesting because the Romero pay per view might have done like two hundred fifty thousand, maybe. Right? It's not. A, it's not yeah. behind a paywall, whatever the case may be. But if Tank does against Isaac Cruz two twenty five, Cambosis brings nothing to the table in terms of pay per view draw. Why would they pay him six and a half million? They can get somebody else off the street. Maybe they go back to Romero and pay him. They might and pay him seven hundred fifty thousand less. You know, they could pay yeah, him a million dollars. A lot less than he was going to get. Cambosis, but, has, Cambosis at least 
has the cards in his hand to say, I deserve this. And Heyman and company yeah. is like, but you don't draw. And Eddie, on yeah. top of that, I think Eddie's totally fine saying, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll stage this in Australia. Eddie's good at getting site fees. Eddie's good. Like, he understands this. Heyman, there's nothing about Heyman and company that says, I will stage a fight somewhere else. I'm not saying it's impossible. They could do Cambosis and Javante in Vegas. They could do it somewhere else if that's the route they want to go. LA, yeah. They, they could do, it could happen. I just, six and a half million ain't going to happen. And Eddie's going to, Eddie's going to work his hardest to outbid him because his job is to make Devin Haney a star. Like right now, he's got to do what he's got to do to make Devin Haney a star. Javante don't need this shit. Belts don't even matter to Tank. No, Javante's already a star. Yeah, no, he don't need it. A star. He don't need it. Man, I'm not gonna... doesn't care about belts. We've seen that shit. Yeah, and I'm not paying somebody six and a half million to do the same numbers I would have done against somebody else. As much as you market George Campos, you can say he's this, he's that. Nobody in the States knows who he is. He's not a mainstream guy. Tank's job is to bring people who don't watch boxing to watch boxing. And in order for that to happen, it's just anybody. Isaac Cruz is just a guy. Nobody knows who he is. Yeah. And what we're going to talk about this fight now, the funny thing is, who did Isaac Cruz beat? He beat the shit out of Diego Magdaleno. He beat the piss out of him. He pulverized him. Nobody knows that. Isaac Cruz, arguably, is a better opponent than Romero. Romero. Oh, hands down. Not but, nobody, but nobody He's knows it. tougher fight. Nobody knows it. <laughs> yeah. Nobody cares. They're paying to see Tank. No. And, and that's it. Cambosa is going to say, well, they're paying to see me. And Heyman's like, no, they're not. And that's the sticking point for that fight. Six and a half million? Ain't no way in hell Cambosa get that money. Not from Al Heyman. That ain't happening. They got to get up there. If they want Tank to get the fight. Because, again, I think Eddie would offer four. Yeah, he's going to pay. And it just, if you're going to give him four, if it's four, I'm fighting Devin Haney if you're offering four, too, because I'm not fighting Tank if I'm Cambosa's. Like, but for sizable more money like if you get to six and it's two million more that's like triple the biggest payday i've ever had in my life yeah if i take davis yeah I just, and you just call it a, a day and you just say you're going to catch him like you caught you yeah it's a, the, the economics it's aren't there for, for, for them to do that uh but let's talk about the fight itself. Oh, i think they're sitting on a lot of money but they're harboring a lot of money yeah, i mean you you don't make money by just a lot to tank yeah you don't make money but by just true. blowing it you know what I'm saying? Like, no, no, I'm not asking to blow it every fight. Like, but you got to know every now and then you got to know when to spend. And I know this is stupid coming from me who doesn't want to spend on a coat. But every now and then when you are frugal, you do have to know when to spend. And yes. You have to know when to go all in. And you don't got to do it all the time. But like once every two years isn't. Yeah, but the economics you know, aren't there. They're getting too much. The economics aren't there. The economics would have to say that George Cambosis is going to give us another 300 pay-per-view buys. It's not there. Tank can fight no, me. No, he's not doing 300000 No, no. Tank can come fight yeah. me, right? And I'll take a million dollars. That's how this works. Hey, Dre, you want to fight Tank Davis? Not really. Here's a million dollars. All right, punch me in the face. And we're, we're good. We're doing this. Cambosis <laughs> is a champion. He's not going to get suckered into that. He's not going to go, hey, fight Tank. He's going to be like, I'm the champ. Here's a million dollars. No, give me six. He's like, well, what are you bringing to the table? Yeah. The economics just don't work for that right now. <laughs> I just don't see that, not that kind of money. Unless Eddie completely backs off of George, I, I can't see that being the fight for Tank. Not for that kind of money. Highest bidder will get. I'm pretty sure the highest bidder will get the fight. It'll be Eddie Hearn. And that's just what it, because they're not going to mess around with mandatories and blah, blah, blah. I think they're going to go right into the next fight to make the most money. It'll be Eddie Hearn. 
Because the longer you wait, the more mandatory and stuff. So George Cambosis yeah, is coming I, to the fight for a reason. He's coming to, to Haney Diaz for a reason. He's not going to the tank fight. That's fair. We'll see. It'll be interesting. I, I, I think Tank, again, is a star. If you could beat Tank, if you feel like you could beat Tank, you, you gain more star power than beating uh, Devin Haney. But there is something to be said with making a true undisputed champion. So there's definitely pulls on both sides. Um, you want to talk Tank now or save it for Sunday? No, we'll talk him because I'm, I'm good either way. No, we'll, we'll preview Tank now because there's oh, not a whole lot cool. to say. What time? What, what time no, is this fight tank. over? What time does he get Isaac Cruz out of there? What round? Give me Tank <laughs> round five. Cruz is wildly aggressive. He is. You talk about someone's going to walk into something. He's going to walk into something. This also might be where we see how much of a punch Gervonta can take. Maybe. Because Cruz is going to hit him with something. Yeah, Cruz isn't a big puncher. But, like, he beat up Diego Magdaleno, no, no. right? And Diego Magdaleno yeah. was washed up. I mean, Tiafimo beat up Diego Magdaleno. Diego, once upon a time, was Bob Aram. Was like the Magdaleno brothers, Jesse and Diego, that was Aram's guys. They've both been washed out since. But, uh, yeah, I don't think he cracks enough to give Javante problems. I think this is just putting Javante in another market, L.A., bring him out. You're going to see a bunch of rappers and celebrities there. Javante's going to stop him, and then everybody's going to get excited. Like I talked to Tank earlier uh, this week, and I, I hate doing media days, but I was like, all right, I just got to get something out of Tank. But I knew as soon as I got on Zoom with him, I was like, he's burnt out. He don't want to do this. But I yeah. was talking to him about, so what separates you from these other fighters? And he was like, the people I bring out to fights. Everybody wants to come see me fight. You know, and he's right. Everybody does want to come see him fight. So he wants to put on a show. And I think that's what he's going to do against Isaac Cruz. It might be fun while it lasts. It ain't going to last long. Oh, it's going to be fun. And they actually have a really good card for this one. So, yeah. I mean, people are going to get their money's worth. What's the co-main on this? Uh, I'll tell you right now who locked in the co-main fight. Uh, when it was announced, I was like, yo. Oh, uh, it's, it's weird uh, Sebastian Fedor, right? Really Tall ass front door. Yes, he's the co-main. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he is. Okay. Yeah. Freakishly, like, absurdly tall. Super tall. Yeah. Versus Sergio Garcia, and then um, Derevchenko. It's pretty good. Is the third fight on that? Yeah. Yeah. Good undercard. Yeah. Gotta get your money's worth. I saw Leonard Ellerby, and he's like, he's like, Andreas, you coming to the tank fight? I'm like, no. <laughs> like, why not? <laughs> you want to say him for that zone shit? Yeah. It's a better fight. Like this, you know your fight's not competitive. If there was no other fight, I'd definitely go. Like I said, I was going to go before the Haney-Jojo Diaz fight got announced. But no, I'm not going to L.A. for that one fight. Because that's all I'd be doing because yeah, the one. story's here. Like, this is the more interesting fight. I'm not going to that. Definitely. You, you'll have, you have fun. <laughs> you have fun in L.A. I like staying yes, home. Yes, I fight. will be at both. Um, what can I say? Javante does numbers. I chase the numbers. Uh, hence, I'm doing that fight and Jake Paul. December is going to be a very hey. good month for me. I'm 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 hoping on the ringside pages. So I, I will we, be we should uh, as well. Yes, yes, it should be a good month. There should be a good month for boxing. It was a good show for us today. We appreciate you guys as always. Appreciate everyone in Blue Wire Studios, everyone in production booth for making this happen. Me and Dre on separate coasts, but still bringing you this show. Um, amazing quality. Shout out to everyone. Producer Cole Bebe, 
always holding it down. We appreciate you. I'll be back in studio on Wednesdays in my full glory, wearing my DCs. It is going to be fun tormenting the old man. Until then, follow us on social media at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter, at Corner Club for Life on Instagram. Follow me at Kel Dansby, him at Andreas Hell on all platforms. Thank you, Blue Wire.